0: Uh, We'll we'll make it a case, An elderly-appearing 48-year-old male semi-cyclist goes to uh, New England to ride in a charity bike ride with his friends and his son, and uh, after being embarrassed by his 14-year-old son for hours, uh, finishes the bike ride, is sore, tired, fatigued, and eventually comes back to Colorado, uh, where about a week later, he's still incredibly sore tired, fatigued, and then uh, presents to the emergency department after a syncopal event and with a heart rate in the low 40s. So what kind of things do you think of? Why would a, you know, otherwise healthy 48-year-old guy sync up and be suddenly bradycardic after a trip to New England, biking over the river and into the trees? (laughs) Let's say he also points out, oh, I noticed this rash a few days ago. Ah, there you go. For those of you listening, what it shows is the uh, typical target lesion of uh, Lyme disease. It's actually called erythema migrans, uh, so red migrating lesion. It's one of the few things dermatology actually named that makes any sense. Um, But it's kind of the hallmark for Lyme disease. And so that's obviously endemic and very highly concentrated in the New England area. And so if you get off your bike and you go pee in the uh, woods for a moment, uh, you're at risk for running across the ticks. Uh, that can transmit this little guy. Um, the symptoms will typically occur one to two weeks after a bite. Uh, most common symptoms initially fever, myalgias, malaise, headache, arthralgias, pretty nonspecific stuff. But the rash is seen in about 80% of people with the bite uh, and is nor- starts out as a small red lesion and then spreads out with a uh, bright red border uh, and, and enlarges, hence the term erythema migrans. Um, that's not a big deal. A smaller percentage of patients, though, get early disseminated disease within days to weeks after a bite. The two most common, uh, or the two most concerning areas that are involved are cardiac. Uh, area which uh, you can get inflammation of the cardiac conduction system, which typically will present as atrioventricular block or bradycardia, uh, can present as syncope, and very very rarely can be a very significant or life-threatening dysrhythmia. Uh, you can also get a meningitis-like picture. Uh, there are also late disseminated findings, which occur months to years after a bite, most commonly muscle and joint chronic pain and arthralgias. Have you guys ever seen any of the chronic Lyme patients? Uh, They're pretty miserable, and they just have kind of all sorts of musculoskeletal complaints, a lot of chronic pain. It's pretty sad, unfortunately. Um, uh, There can also be chronic neurologic symptoms, uh, including uh, seizures, paresthesias, chronic paresthesias, and uh, memory and cognitive changes. Anybody know who Amy Tan is? Making this a little bit more literate. Really, Amy Tan? The Joy Luck Club? Anybody? Yeah, one of our our current most uh, prolific and uh, excellent authors, she has chronic Lyme uh, and chronic neurologic symptoms. And if she's off of her antibiotics for any length of time, she actually loses her memory to remember what she's read, which is sort of devastating for a world-class novelist. So it can be a pretty devastating disease. Uh, It's diagnosed by ELISA. uh, from blood or spinal fluid, and treatment's pretty straightforward. It's uh, two weeks or t- uh, 21 days of doxycycline, amoxicillin, and cefuroxium are also pretty uh, competent at treating it. So the key is recognizing it and, uh, and, and treating it and eliminating a lot of the chronic long term problems. Now, here's where this gets really interesting. And I got this information uh, off an online article based on an article from the Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society of London. In uh, two thousand and fifteen, by an author named Levi, um, meningi not meningi, sorry, Lyme has been increasing by more than ten percent a year for the last several years, uh, and they're proposing various reasons for for this. Um, one is the destruction of habitat where the predators for the uh, mice live, and so mice explosion mice population explosion in the areas where Lyme disease occurs in New England and then the upper midwest uh, Michigan. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin uh, has gone up quite a bit. Uh, however, they've gone up separately. It's much more uh, the, the increase is much higher in the New England area than it is in the upper Midwest. And so this is what gets kinda cool about it. Um, these guys in this article looked at the cyclical life uh, of of the tick. Uh, the, the eggs, uh, the female tick lays eggs uh, spring, late summer, or spring, late spring uh, the larvae are born in uh, summertime, and then develop into nymphs, and then the nymphs develop into adults. Each of these stages of development requires a blood meal. So, for the baby nymphs to de- to develop into I'm sorry, for the baby larvae to develop into nymphs, they have to have a blood meal. For the nymphs then to develop into adults, they have to have a blood meal, and this usually happens on a on an annual basis. So, uh, what happens is the uh, the Larvae are born usually summertime, late summertime, but they're so small at that time that they have a very hard time feeding before winter comes. Winter comes, they have to go dormant, they wake up uh, in the springtime and are usually able to get a blood meal, uh, at which point during that season they'll develop into, uh, the larvae will develop into nymphs, and then they repeat this cycle, usually feeding um, again in the springtime to develop into adults in time to lay eggs that summer. Um, in in past decades, they've believed that because of the weather patterns, uh, usually the larvae don't feed their first year of life and not till the springtime. Uh, as the climate, however, has warmed, and particularly they're looking at October's in New England, as those have been warmer, they're seeing a much higher percentage of of larvae and nymphs that are feeding earlier in the year. Uh, this means that there are more blood meals going on and a higher transmission between the larva and the nymphs to the mice and then back to that that second generation. So this, what they're calling asynchronous feeding, instead of the nymphs and the larva all feeding at the same time, because it takes uh, several weeks for the bacteria to replicate in its host enough to be transmitted, because they're now feeding in an overlapping period of time, they're passing it back and forth to each other at a higher rate. And so there's a much higher concentration of the bacteria in the mice and then subsequently in the larva and the nymphs. So this all goes back to to weather pattern changes that are going on uh, across the world and is we're not seeing the same thing in the upper Midwest because those Octobers are still much, much colder that you'll find in Michigan and Minnesota than you'll find in New England. So there's a high correlation between weather change, climate change, and, and theoretically global warming, and the increased rate of transmission of Lyme disease that we're seeing in the populations in New England. That's all I got.